The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Yeah, yeah, I'm so dull, like, yeah. Woo. We got blood, like, yeah. Song of the Year, ladies and gentlemen, at the Grammys last night. Donald Glover, otherwise known as Childish Gambino. Thank you, Devin, for making sure that I knew that. Uh, this is America. That was uh, that tune. Uh, again, Andrew is away today. Hopefully he'll be back tomorrow getting some much-needed rest. He's got a pretty nasty cold. So uh, as you heard on Friday when I was driving back from Jasper, I t- tuned in just briefly. I was like, ooh, didn't sound good at all. Uh, this news today, 300 RCMP officers have arrested 15 people in Ontario and Quebec and seized more than $1 million. The Mounties say they've dismantled an international money laundering operation following an almost three-year-long investigation. Now, police are searching for more suspects, but will the money launderers ever be convicted? Now, this was interesting. A recent global news investigation suggests Canada largely fails to successfully convict money launderers with almost three-quarters going free. This afternoon, I I am joined by Matt McGuire, a forensic accountant with AML Shop out of Toronto. Matt also worked for FinTrack, Canada's watchdog against money laundering. Hi, Matt. Welcome to the show. Hi there. Thanks for having me. All right. So can you um, give me an idea? First off, um, I I don't know much about mon- money laundering, Matt. You're the expert uh, here. Um, how big is this problem in this country? That's a big problem in Canada. It's estimated that about $60 billion is laundered through our economy every year. And for the last 10 years, we've been listed as a jurisdiction of primary money laundering concern uh, by our neighbours to the south. And so why is it happening here? Well, there's a few reasons. What's what's good about our country is also bad about our country. We have (laughs) a really stable financial system um, and money that makes its way through a, a very stable and um, apparently, a clean financial system ends up coming out the other end looking clean. Mm. Um, and so, so it's a, 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 a and, and you know, beyond that, we have a really low rate of prosecution of money laundering offenses and and financial crime offenses generally. They don't carry um, much in the way of jail sentences uh, if there's a conviction at all. And and there's often a little in the way of restitution to victims. So, Matt, the, what I know about uh, money laundering is pretty much from some bad movies I've watched on, on television. Yeah. Can you explain the process? Um, because we've been hearing a lot, uh, especially coming out of B.C., especially over the past couple of months with casinos, real estate, that sort of stuff. How does it work? Yeah, fair enough. So the... Um the point to begin with is that there has to be a, a crime that generates money, right? right. So this is all driven by uh, criminal greed. And so um, that can be anything from selling fentanyl to um, trafficking in humans to, uh, to to fraud or Ponzi schemes, any of these things that generate proceeds. And my whole uh, worry uh, when I'm trying to, um, when I'm trying to launder money is to try to make bad dollars look like good dollars okay. um, so that the tax, agency doesn't get upset with me so that law enforcement doesn't get on to me so that my neighbors don't get tipped off okay so we're trying to make it look good um why isn't this system working properly matt so if 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 three quarters of the folks uh who have been um you know charged with money laundering are going free where's the breakdown 
Yeah, this is a, this is a really tough story because, um, you know, law enforcement has a very limited period of time because of the a Supreme Court decision to be able to see these things through to prosecution. They have 18 months. Um, the, the, these schemes are huge. Like the one that came out today you saw involved mm-hmm. 300 officers uh, taking down people over multiple jurisdictions. Think about what that looks like afterwards. Yeah, and, uh, We're talking about... Uh, tons of data over multiple jurisdictions. Trying to coordinate over that over 18 months is a, is a really difficult job. So for you as a forensic accountant, um, when if you would have to go in and go through all of these, all of this paperwork, looking through all the numbers and trying to, you know, put all the pieces together, how long would that take you? Uh, you would need a team over uh, a long period of time. There's still, you know, when you look at, at things like even um, large investigations out of the UK, and, and they've been going on for decades in terms of trying to unravel how money was laundered at places like BCCI. Um, so it takes a long time. It takes a lot of effort. And then you have to convince a jury or a judge um, that it was money laundering and, hmm. and who was involved. And that, that's a really complex process. And, and, and from what I'm reading, that it seems that um, the other criminal aspects that go along with money laundering, whether it is uh, the drug dealing, the, the human trafficking, that people are being sentenced on, on those more. It's, those are given almost, um, it, it almost sounds like they're believed to be or thought of or treated as a more serious crime than money laundering. Is that fair to say? Well, yeah, it's easier It's easier to prosecute uh, an offense and easier to convince um, a judge and jury about a, a, a case that involves, a, you know, uh, somebody stole from somebody, somebody um, sold drugs or was in possession of, possession of drugs. That's an easier thing to show than this is how somebody tried to mm. um, create a financial trail to obscure <laughs> the fact that the money came from an illegitimate source. How did you get into this business? How did you become a forensic accountant? Oh, I had a big love of accounting. Both my parents are crown attorneys okay. uh, of accounting. Both my parents are crown attorneys, uh, and so um, I, I just—I guess it was in my blood. Okay. All right. Just uh, yeah, I was just curious about that one. Okay. So how does how does Canada track money laundering right now? Yeah. So a lot of it has to do with um, intelligence coming from banks. So you'll be used to now your bank asking you questions about you know what are you intending to use the account for and um, asking for a lot of ID. So a lot of it has to do with the intelligence that they gather and analyze and, and report onto a central intelligence agency. So that's FinTrack in our case. Um, and FinTrack slices and dices and looks at those reports and then reports it onto law enforcement to say, listen, we think this looks like money laundering. Um, you should investigate. So you used to work uh, for FinTrack at one point, right? Yeah, that's right. As a, an intelligence analyst. Yeah. So how busy were you? <laughs> There's no shortage of financial crime in Canada. <laughs> so, so what needs to be done? You talk about the laws. You talk about time. All that sort of stuff. Um, what needs to be done to crack down on this a little bit more to get more people put behind bars for this crime? Yeah, I, I, you know, I think that we need a lot more emphasis on our, our civil forfeiture regime. Um, we need, uh, so, you know, instead of taking people criminally to court, there's, there's in every province, and there's a really active one in Alberta, um, it, the civil forfeiture office that, that looks and says, um, listen, we, want, we don't want to go beyond a reasonable doubt. We want to look at um, uh, on the balance of probabilities, and you bring them to a civil court. That, that focus on those measures and the, the forfeitures that are possible there. That's what the um, uh, U.S. has done for a long time and been very successful at. Are there other countries that are doing this well, that are, that are, that are handling cases like this well, that we can learn from? 
Sure, yeah, the U.S. is a great example. The other countries that have come out with, with glowing reviews internationally are um, uh, the U.K. and even Italy, where, you know, they've been able to seize and forfeit billions of dollars. Um, you know, we, we in every given year, we, we forfeit, you know, 60, 70 million dollars, uh, and we spend far more than that as a country trying to defeat the problem. Um, and if it truly is $60 billion a year that's being laundered through our economy, uh, $60 million is a drop in the bucket. Wow. Matt McGuire joining us this afternoon, um, talking about money laundering, and it's certainly been in the news uh, in this country and certainly uh, in B.C. quite a bit over the past uh, few months. When you sit back, when you hear these stories, when, you, when you're when you looking and, and reading these reports and watching these television reports that are coming out of B.C. right now, what's going through your mind? Oh, it's it's um it's frustrating. You know, there, there's there's so much effort being put into trying um, uh, by banks, by uh, credit unions, by securities dealers. They all have programs that are trying to to root out um, uh, the financial crime and try to report it. Um, and to see it break down uh, after after the intelligence is gathered and all this work is done is is really frustrating. You know, I, I feel for the people that are spending their and dedicating their careers uh, to try to solve this problem that um, the outcome isn't there. Yeah, I was just going to say, I can't imagine being, uh, you know, a police officer or, you know, guys like you, forensic accountants who have to go through all of this, who have who've built these cases and then watching them fall apart and um, or, or just not being um, ever prosecuted or being let go. It's got to be incredibly, incredibly frustrating. And uh, I would almost say devastating at times. It's like well, you're pounding your head against the wall. Why do you keep on doing it? Yeah, you know, especially when you see the human side of the story. Yeah. You know, that yeah. um, money laundering seems like an academic subject, but it, it, that there's real human harm at the end of this. This is the story of addiction. This is the story of sex slavery. This is, um, you know, the story of, uh, of, of fraudsters stealing money from, from folks that have earned it in a legitimate way. Yeah, for sure. Marfus uh, just texted in, and uh, I'm going to ask you a question. So from the text line, I don't know if you can answer it, but I'm going to try. Uh, Marfus out of Peace River wants to know, what happens to the confiscated money? How much of it disappears? Like, Where does it go if, if, they, if they have managed to, you know, get some of this money and have it physically? Um, where does it go afterwards? That's a really fa- uh, fantastic question. So well, we can seize it and we can detain it um, until we convince a court that it's, it can be forfeited. So once it's forfeited, um, we, our system is a little bit different than, than the U.S. In, in the U.S. and a lot of jurisdictions, uh, the money that, that's forfeited goes to the police department um, that, that was able to get it forfeited to further their law enforcement efforts. Okay. That's created some problems. I mean, that, that, um, that's created some poor incentive structures. And in Canada, in most provinces, the way it works is that the money that's forfeited um, is put into a fund, and, and law enforcement and prosecution can apply to the fund um, to be able to get new tools and, and to obtain training uh, to be able to further law, their law enforcement efforts. So it's, it's a way to um, level the playing field. So that would be like the proceeds of crime funds that we hear about, right? Exactly. Okay. All right. Very interesting. You know what? I think we've just, you know, touched the very tip of the iceberg on this one, Matt, but it's uh, it's a big convoluted uh, file, to say the least, um, which is something it sounds like you deal with every, every day. But uh, thank you for weighing in on this. I really appreciate it. 
Uh, thank you. Have a great day. Okay, that's Matt McGuire from, uh, he's a forensic accountant, the co-founder of AML Shop out of Toronto, former employee with FinTrack. And so, yeah, as we've been seeing these stories coming out of BC, uh, especially a lot lately today, 300 RCMP officers arresting 15 people in Ontario uh, and Quebec, seizing more than a million dollars. There's concern about um, yeah, uh, about convictions um, and about um this recent news investigation, global news investigation, that suggested that this country, the country that we live in, largely fails to successfully convict money launderers with almost three quarters of them going free. Now, listen to this. In Alberta alone, uh, there was 422 money laundering, laundering charges from 2002 to November of 2018 with just 24 24 resulting in guilty convictions. That's according to the Ministry of the Attorney General. 321 of those charges were quashed, dismissed, stayed, or withdrawn. 77 charges were classified as other, which includes outcomes such as uh, discharged or waived out of province. Um, Canada... Overall, uh, it says from 2000 to 2016 that Canada recorded 321 guilty verdicts in money laundering cases, and that was provided by uh, Statistics Canada. Another 809 cases were either stayed, withdrawn, or dismissed, according to the data, which uh, resulted in a conviction rate of about 27%. In Alberta, again, though, those numbers from Alberta, uh, provided by the Ministry of Attorney General, 422 money laundering charges from 2000 to November 2018 with only 24 resulting in guilty convictions. 321 of them were quashed. In all the good times I find myself longing for a change And in the bad times I feel myself last night and best pop duo group performance went to uh, Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper for Shallow on the Grammys last night. She sang it by herself. Very Lady Gaga-ish, not Ali-ish from, uh, from the movie, but uh, it's, a, it's actually a pretty good soundtrack if... Um if you've gone to see the movie and if you'd liked it. Uh, some of your texts coming in this afternoon. It says, uh, with such a low conviction rate for money laundering in Canada, it sounds like somebody on the inside is being bribed a lot. Uh, this one says, the biggest issue is the lack of onus on the pers- person who is suspected of obtaining proceeds of crime to prove where the money came from and placing that onus on the police to prove it. Uh, and this one says, well, we need some better forensic accountants maybe on it too. Uh, Matt had talked about, uh, I'd asked him about what other countries are doing well on this front and he had mentioned uh, the UK the US um, there between 1999 and 2007 um, over 7,500 money laundering prosecutions in the UK so this is just the UK resulting in uh, almost 3,800 convictions so about a 50% conviction rate Uh, from the US uh, Department of Justice the numbers show that in 2015 727 people were prosecuted for money laundering with about 650 
115 being convicted, a rate of about uh, 85%. Uh, Matt going on to say, you know, without uh, dedicated police, prosecution and trained judges, this is never going to go anywhere in Canada. And uh, he's suggesting that uh, all of the money being expended on current initiatives is producing uh, very little in terms of results when it comes to money laundering in this country. It's 2.54 on the 6.30 Chet Afternoon News. Andrew is away today. Hopefully he's feeling better soon. Again, thanks to Matt McGuire for for joining me for that conversation. Um, The extreme cold warning continues, and I just checked that forecast. uh, Tonight looking pretty, again, it's moderating a bit this afternoon, but then again tonight, uh, the uh, wind chill making it feel like um, minus 40 overnight tonight. So keep that in mind if you have anything uh, to do out and about. Was planning on going down to the Silver Skate Festival in Harlech Park uh, on the weekend. There were some helicopter flights going out of there, and I wanted to check uh, that out, but there was no way it was going anywhere in the cold. If you went out there and braved it this weekend, good on you. Uh, But no, just a little too chilly for this one. We'll take a break here at 2.55 on the other side. Graham Hicks. Remember Graham used to have Hicks on Six in the Edmonton Sun. He is still doing a a column. It's called the Weekly Dish, a Hicks Weekly Dish. We're going to dive into the topic of topic of tipping. He's got a bee in his bonnet over tipping, and most of you tend to as well. So we'll tackle that after this. The six thirty Chad afternoon news with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross weekdays at two on six thirty Chad.